Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. Welcome, welcome. The slow road to better. Why do we do the slow road to better? Well, we've been lucky where we can talk about it to our our friends, people here at the Stroke Comeback Center, but now then we can tell more people across the world to learn about it. What is the it that we're talking about? Aphasia. Stroke yeah. survivors. TBI people. Life moves on. Inspiration. Help listeners. That our inspiration of a bridge of hope. I love it. Trying to help each other a lifeline. Part of it also is we started doing it. It's not because we just wanted to tell everyone to see what happened to us. But also we wanted to get better talking ourselves oh, with the phaser. Sure. And we wanted to one day, it's not going to, the phaser's not leaving it, but we'd like to crush it a little bit. Let's listen in. Listen in. All right. Welcome back. We have a very special guest today who is a friend of one of the members of the Slow Road to Better. And so, Kim, who is with us here today? Uh Uh-oh. Jerry? Uh Uh-huh. And um, how do you know Jerry? Karate. Awesome. Awesome. So, Jerry, welcome to the Slow Road to Better. Thank you very much. We are really, really happy you could come be with us today and tell us your story. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Tell us kind of who you are and what your story is. Thanks again for having me. Um, This is the first time I've done something like this. Kim has sort of put a bug in my ear. uh, I guess it was about a year ago. Been wanting to do something like this, but never really knew like how to. So I have about all I've ever done was like write stuff down digitally, just for notes for myself, so I can look back and see what happened to me if I remember everything and all that. And, but is what brought me out to this area was uh, was the military. Left high school, joined the army, um, spent five years in the infantry, and then after that. Um, about 15 years in the fire department for Fairfax County Fire and Rescue. I always felt uh, uh, isolated is the wrong word, but doing this on my own, which sort of part of the story was, you know, that relied on family and friends to help with this because there wasn't really any uh, medical help beyond the emergency part of it. So, um, so take us back to the day. Um, my wife, she tells all the stories better. So uh, after the fire department, um, I had... Um, I'd injured my neck really badly, um, and then recovered from that, tore my Achilles tendon while running, mm. and that was the end of my fire department career. Went back, went to school, got an IT degree, um, an associate's degree, and then was in the process of getting my bachelor's degree when my accident happened. So I've been working in IT since then, and I only add that last part to it because that's the karma piece. So, But I had gotten up, it was a February, about six, seven years ago. I'd gotten up early to study. It was like 4 or 5 a.m. We have a walkout basement that's like uh, 17 cement steps. Uh, I'd been studying downstairs, and at some point I had gotten up to let the dog back in. And they think that I slipped at the top of the stairs on some ice and hit my head on the railing because I left a mark up there. And then when I fell, I didn't have a scratch on my hands, so they felt like I was unconscious enough to where I didn't attempt to put my hands down. 
um, and I laid out there for um, at the bottom for I was unconscious for they estimate about 90 minutes, which is extreme. Oh yeah. Because you said this is February, right? February. It was cold. Yeah. It was right around freezing. At some point, I had attempted to get back inside. It, my wife says it's what it looked like, and I did manage to call 911 on my phone. But I had a T-shirt on, jeans, but no shoes. And I have a my earliest memory of it is I can picture my cell phone laying like this, and I had my head on it. And it's very clear to me, but it's all hazy, um, and I know it's because I was um, bleeding, and I had started to bleed out into the area, uh, the drain at the bottom. And mm. I have this memory of it, and I I had gotten a hold of 911 and sort of mixed up my location a little bit, uh, that I had fallen. I was in the backyard, and I gave the right street, but I gave my Social Security number as my house address and my blood type and don't hurt my dog. So those were the things I kept saying. <laughs> so what I, so yeah. the 911 dispatcher knows your Social Security. Yes, listen right. to the tape. It's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. it's, uh, Just saying. Um, yep, it, uh, it was a point of confusion, and the interesting part was was on my street, which is a huge circle, the first two numbers of my social security number actually match up with so it kind of made sense nobody so they started looking at the wrong end of the circle we were on the other end so my wife came down to yell at me because the dog was barking she came downstairs and she was a military medic that's where we met so she was my uh, combat medic instructor she saw me down there and thought uh, she said initially her and then the police afterwards they they initially thought when they first found me that i had been shot because there was so much, much blood, blood, and right. yeah. um, they thought I had stopped an intruder or something. Um, but she got on the phone, called 911 herself, and they just couldn't find me with all the confusion and all that. And it was, she had my son, who uh, was in high school at the time, sophomore. He called our best friend, who um, her husband Chris is a friend of mine, and told him what had happened and that we needed help. And Chris arrived at the same time that the fire department actually got there. That's how quickly he responded. Wow. But the uh, my wife waved down an off-duty state trooper who just happened to see the helicopter overhead who was looking for me and all that. And um, she waved him down in the middle of the road, and she was covered in blood, so she had a little bit of a challenge letting police officer not letting her back in the house <laughs> right she Probably. didn't know whether she, whether she had done something right. whether there was an they had no in the house. idea yeah, right yeah. i mean nope. and for their own protection what a chaotic scene right yep. and i'm sure she despite her military background it's different when you're it's your work and it's your husband she yeah. would agree with um, you 100 mm-hmm. percent. i remember her she if she were here she would tell you that almost all her training went out the window mm-hmm. <laughs> all she could yeah. think of doing was putting a blanket on me right yep. So she got back in the house, uh, the fire department got there, and I wasn't making any sense, although I could move and I was conscious. Uh, I was, I had lost a lot of blood. They said that the only reason why I didn't die from blood loss is because I was laying on the cold ground. I was going to say, it's yep. cold. That yep. was probably your friend. Um, and then it was complicated by the fact that I had more or less uh, broken my neck in the fire department, and I have a lot of metal holding it all together, and I'm yeah. highly functional, but they were worried about that, so they packaged me up they couldn't fly me to fairfax so they drove me to mm. loudon i have a, a flash or two of memories from the hospital and my wife tells the story and i always like read over because i have all these notes so i was so cold i'd stop shivering so they were i was Ooh. hypothermic 
Um, and I remember uh, they let my wife back because they weren't sure how long I would survive. Um, but then I quickly got better once they started to warm me up. But I didn't break a bone in my body, even didn't fracture my skull. But um, it was clear my memory was uh, altered from that day. And they did all the, I think I had every test. I've looked at them all. And aside from uh almost cutting my nose clean off and having some big gashes on basically the right side of my body. Aside from that and the head injury. That <laughs> <laughs> was all good. I did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I came home the next day mm-hmm. um, and even the, cause the fire department had come back, the police had come back to check on me cause they, I was the most interesting thing Happy. they had seen in a while. Yeah, exactly. so, right. <laughs> um, wow. And the, um, and little did I know, um, and there's a lot of good stories amongst all this, aside from just being here, is uh, the fire department had gone back afterwards so that my wife didn't have to deal with it, and they had dragged a hose line around the back and washed all the That's blood awesome. away for them. So, and a friend of ours, Tom, and his Bible study group, who wondered where I was because I didn't show up, they came over with some other friends to clean up all the bloody dog footprints and everything from the house so that when I did come home, and That's good for your dog, right? For I mean, we are uh, alerting, alerting yeah. your wife. Yeah. There is yeah. a problem here. He was a relatively new dog to us, but yeah. she was like, "We're we are connected at the hip," mm-hmm. um, and I would not be here today if it weren't for him. So, um, he is, is your dog big? Were you concerned he that? Is a, he was a Norwegian Elkhound. Wow. Because so I was going to say, yeah. when you said, don't hurt my dog. I think it probably came from the fire department because there were times where we couldn't help a patient because there was a, because there was a dog there. Right. And, but I was clearly worried about that. Right. So. Don't, don't hurt my dog. Right. I love that. I yeah. love that. Is this in so the So I had the too. weird combination of like military response, social security number, blood type. And, right. And trying to. <laughs> do what I could to get them there. Um, I just, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I can only guess that, that I was aware that I was in trouble. And, um, that was what the, the goal was. Cause when I hear the stories and all that and everything, if I remember me the way I was, that makes sense. What I did and how I went about it was very much a down to survival, um, without being melodramatic about it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. okay. So you're, in the ER, they sew your face back on, basically. Yeah. Um, and they, they did awesome. a beautiful job. I have to say, you have very few scars. I, I can't feel uh, certain spots, and that's the only time I remember. But when you see the pictures, my wife, Smart, uh, took pictures oh, yeah. there. And every once in a while, I look at them, and I have to look at them on my own because every once in a while, I'm going through old pictures, yeah. and if I'm not ready, I'll stumble across it, and it's a little... Usually I get to choose Shock. when I see it, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that <laughs> but, is a um, little jarring. It is, but it's a reminder of a good result. So, but yeah, they've um, released me from the hospital, um, sent me home, and in a nutshell, that was all fine and good until I went to sleep and and woke up. And I don't know if it was that day or the next day, but um, when I woke up, I had forgotten that any of that had happened and. I woke up startled, confused, had a neck brace on, stitches, felt like I had been in a car wreck, which oh. I guess was my my first thought. And then it was, my wife always says, after she was eight, she was unprepared for it the first time, and, uh, and after she gave a little information about me, then I wanted to know where my son was and what had happened to him. So it was, 
confusing. And I don't remember that, but I've listened to my son and my wife tell the story, so I probably is about as close I'm going to get to feeling that is that. But that uh, went on for about eight weeks. Every yeah. time I fell asleep and I woke up, I would f- forget, not people, um, and I never got lost after, you know, I never didn't know where I was, but I forgot the what had happened. And uh, so either my son or my wife came up with the idea to, my son called it my reboot log. So I was going to say, did anybody yeah, my, write a log so you yeah, would have it when you woke I, up? I have it. I meant to bring it with, but it's several pages and it was uh, each day so that I could ultimately look back and read on it and and I can most of those days come back to memory by what I ate or what people brought over to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's a fireman. Exactly. Well and I um, one of the weird things and I don't know how true it is, but the head injury sometimes and aside from the ER assistance, I, there was no no therapy or anything I was offered to go we had Kaiser at the time and their only offer for additional care after that was a concussion clinic in California which it's not so helpful when you live on the east coast yeah I thought they were joking but they really weren't so (laughs) but Um, that was all they had so I was going to say well your wife and your son are very intuitive Mm because that is one of the most common techniques or strategies is a memory book and the more of it that you can get their survivor to write so it's in their own handwriting Mm -hmm. and when people do it right then so you know this is what I did today this is what I ate this is what who I saw right when they can't remember and they look back to see all of it in their own handwriting is often so much more helpful and at least even if they don't remember it, they at least believe it's true. Well, because I wrote it, that's my handwriting, so I guess it's true. <laughs> we do the uh, whole real or not real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife is very good at making sure that I ask the same questions, you know, even years later. You know, did this happen or not happen? Is it my memory, your memory? Uh, my vision didn't really change, and uh, my hearing didn't change, uh, or my smell. The fire department messed that up. Um, <laughs> but uh-huh. the, uh, <laughs> but yes. my uh, taste changed uh shockingly yeah and i guess that happens in a smaller percentage of people and sometimes it's a side effect of medication and sometimes it's just a side effect of the head injury how did your sense of taste yeah so uh things that i uh so things that are sweet are shockingly sweet now in in a good way this is a good thing uh, the the neurologist said that I got the fun one, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so things that I used to hate, I love now. Uh, yes. And I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like fascinating. What? Yeah. Like what? Fish is awesome now. Mm-hmm. But before the stroke, bad, bad, bad. So you like fish now. Yeah. You didn't. Oh, so that's a healthy thing. That's at least yeah, good. Whatever. So yeah. your, your sense of taste has changed too? Yes. A lot? Yes. yes. How about you guys? Certain, but it's not like... It's not dramatic? No, I don't think. No, it's all the same? Okay. Yeah, uh, we've talked about it, Kim and I have, but it's, uh, for me, it's more the, like, things that I used to hate, I love, and the weird thing is, is that I remember not liking them while I'm enjoying them. It's <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's uh, um, I don't quite know how to reconcile it, and because it's a good thing, it's okay. Um, but, but there is are... is it weird, like, do you have to have a battle in your head, like, 
Uh, oh, I do like this. I like this now. It's confusing, uh-huh. uh, openly confusing, even to this day. Um, but my wife is like, you could just tell when you're eating some stuff, you just have this silly weird. little kid look on your face. It's weird, but it's also, uh, um, I have those same feelings of remembering the old and now being highly aware of the new. And they're not all enjoyable like that, where you remember what you used to be able to do while you're struggling to still do it. And in many ways, having one that's a good memory or a, not a good memory, but a um, a good byproduct. A good, yes, uh, <laughs> helps you sort of uh, wrap your head around the ones that are frustrating or a struggle. So, but that was, um, but slowly over those eight weeks, like of my um, the Facebook post I did this year on my anniversary um, said that Monday Monday is Doctor Day. So that I remember. So <laughs> yeah. Monday is Doctor Day because I went to see all the doctors after that. Um, I went to see the neurologist, the guy who had done my neck surgery in the fire department who really wanted to see me because mm-hmm. he wanted to see if I right. messed up his work. I didn't. It's because he did a good job, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So Burned in there pretty tight. <laughs> so to, to jump ahead to the karma part, so both the ER doc and the neurologist and my surgeon said, if you have any misgivings about getting injured in the fire department and I really didn't but it was not a a, a sad point in my life um they were like that injury and having all that metal in your neck probably saved your life yeah he was like you probably would have broken your neck uh to the point where you probably wouldn't have survived so I that was a moment (laughs) (laughs) that's okay now a little more than it was before so um that's the you know, whatever you believe, you know, your karma, warm fuzzies, you know, higher power, whichever piece or parts of that it is, uh, the, everything sort of happens for a reason. So it's a, that was just a really interesting aspect of, of the whole why, you know, so when you're asking yourself, why did this happen? I can stew on that part of it a little bit. That's Um, good. But uh, I slowly just, um, I got to the point my wife said I would wake up and and I would wake up less startled, or and she would, she would say, start the same process, and I would say, we've done this before, haven't we? And she was like, you became aware that this was really? uh, whatever connections were being made down the road, and she was like, you would um, probably because you weren't in as much pain or whatever. It just slowly. I don't. I remember having that conversation, like at least once. I remember waking up and being more like a hey like just waking up from like a really deep sleep almost and things just sort of you think you're you fall asleep in one place but you wake up in another that Mm -hmm. sort of feeling but I was terrified for a while that that would happen so I didn't want to go to sleep and I was afraid that I would forget people when I woke up I was terrified of forgetting my family and my and I was told to immediately drop out of school so I was at George Mason and they allowed me to uh, drop out of my, it was my senior year, so I had to back out of that. And they were great, but, like, everything stopped. So it was the, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) So So you said that uh, it's shocking that you had no therapy. And you said you found, like, your family came up with doing the book. What else did you do? So I had... It was a blog post or something because I wrote the note down but didn't save the blog post. And it was from a a service member because that was the only thing I knew to do was to look at 
head injuries and a lot of that is service related nowadays plus it's my an area of comfort for me um, and I had read a post from a, a veteran uh, guy who had said you know some people go down a road where they become frustrated and angry mm-hmm. um, not that you can always help it but and some people just for whatever reason go the other way and and his comment was you know whatever you do to give yourself the best chance start every day positive and it was so i see it littered throughout things i've written down and all that and everything this specific thing and it fit with you know how i was brought up through the service on the fire department where you know when you call them micro goals where a lot of people want to get through the next week or they want to get through the day sometimes getting through the next two minutes is the best goal Mm -hmm. um so that sort of seemed to fit and that positive attitude might last five minutes <laughs> you know <laughs> but you, if you knew every day started like that then it didn't seem that far away so for a long time I didn't look for help because the only help that I had been sort of suggested to me was the wounded warrior program but I had erroneously believed that that was for combat wounded vets and although I think a lot of their funding has gone to that I learned after the fact that that's not true but it still felt weird to be reaching out to a group like that you know I had only I was a veteran I wasn't in the service so did you feel like your injury wasn't bad enough because you <laughs> didn't get blown up in another country I'd say one of my biggest challenges has been feeling like I because if you didn't know me I think a lot of people wouldn't know yeah. that I had a head injury yeah. um, I know I'm very different and my friends do but is that if you didn't know me and I didn't say anything, you know, whether it's people in line at a gas station or somewhere where you're signing a bill and I'm taking two minutes to make sure I do it right or I can't think of my middle initial when I'm signing my name or something and people get upset behind you, I want to turn around and explain to them. And that's, you know. There's absolutely uh, no way if someone looked at you on the street mm -hmm. would they ever think for one second. But I think that's true, and we've talked a lot about that, that it becomes an invisible disability, that no one gives you any, they give you no slack. People don't give you extra time. That's the hard part is, uh, so like even with my neck injury from the fire department, it's, although it's very visible when you see the back of my neck, I'm highly functional, but it uh, changed my life. Um, Absolutely, I'm sure. Although I was... I was in the infantry. I served during the first Gulf War, so very different than very different than the conflicts of the past. You know, so um, different experiences, different outcomes, uh, different different requirements of the person. So the I've always sort of seemed like I've I've been involved in things that have not necessarily been. I don't want to say not positive. Not positive. It's just not like. It's something, uh, I had a really bad injury, but um, but it's not something that uh, you can, like, I don't fit into a nice little group of people. Like, yeah. I, I don't have a... Right. Well, yeah. you know what you remind me a little bit of is that there's this comparison of bad, or my, my bad is worse than your bad, yep. but really... It's all bad. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that for me, I, I think I still struggle with it is, uh, you know, do I really need to be, you know, do I really need help? Like it's a, 
you know, even like my parents who are huge supporters and all that, but because they don't see me as often as they do if I were living at home or whatever, I seem really good to them. So if I tell them that, you know, that I see a neurologist every month or whatever, you know, they're a little taken aback by it because they're like, wow. Do people know? question if you, like Jerry, you're making a face? Are no. you, because you get it. You're like, yeah. well, of course you need to see a neurologist. I get it. Um, sometimes I hear survivors say that people question their injury because they can't see it. Yes. I can't see in your head, so I don't get that you get tired easier or that life can be overstimulating faster and I need a break. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I just, I can't think. I'm just, I'm trying, but I can't think. Yeah, yeah I think the people who are most affected by that are family and friends Mm -hmm. so they are understanding of it and they are i'll say always because i think they are always i get as much they're always very gentle with me (laughs) if i am frustrated which i rare that i'm frustrated but my wife usually can tell before i do she sort of helps me adjust you know if i tend to leave like i leave my keys in the refrigerator and she's aware of it, and I'm not, or I'll walk into the room with an idea that I had six uh, hours ago, and she'll be like, hey, awesome <laughs> idea. <laughs> Again. It's still good. Uh, still a good idea. Yep. So most of those times, uh, those all wash over me like they're kind of funny or silly or whatever, but there are moments where they just catch me as a, you know, it's a, where I'm like, gosh, my wife just had to, carefully explained to me like that's like not just my life that's her life too so it's the the weight that i can handle the weight that's on me but there are times where and i don't want to say can't handle but there are times where the part that's overbearing for me sometimes is when i stop to think of the mm-hmm. um the weight on those around me uh, family friends and even reach out to people at work who um, i'm pretty open at work because I, want, I try to do the things that I'm a little bit sharper in the morning. Um, and then later in the day, and God forbid we're working real late in the day, I kind of suck at later in the day stuff. Yeah. So especially um, highly technical things. Um, and I want people I work with to know that if I seem to be losing my focus, and they always say, gosh, I just wouldn't know, you know, but there are times where they've learned after a while to be able to help out or whatever. Yeah. So. If it um, looks like I'm losing my focus, it's because I'm losing my focus. Right. right. Exactly. I'm done. It I'm is spent. what it is. Right. It's, but I, but because they don't, and I'm like, if whatever you see or hear is probably accurate. Right. Um, so I think for me, the big thing is I, I sit there and I, I, you know, I don't qualify for a lot of benefits that other people do, which is fine. But there are times where. I wish I did because I do want a little bit more time to take a test or I do not. And initially I didn't get a lot of support until I found a good neurologist who was like, I will fix this for you. We're going to write some letters. So I'm just going to say, and I feel like, so did you go back and finish school? So I started to had a very bad experience and George Mason has a, um, and they were great in support, but their online program is improving. I'll say. Um, and because I didn't go into class and I, um, so I tried to finish my degree online and just like there was a finance course, like a finance 101 course. I took it twice and I couldn't pass it. Just 
couldn't do it. And there were courses that I had taken where I was taking the second and third one, and I'm looking at my notes and books from the first one, and I remember none of it. Mm. And trying to take a course while you're reminded that you is haven't succeeded at that yet. Um, so I transferred to Penn State, and they have a world campus, uh, and their online program is fabulous. And my first attempt at taking a class there didn't go well, but that was when I got linked up with their people who... Do they have academic support? Because you should qualify for that. Didn't. As far as people who have disabilities, they also have a veterans person and all that. Mm -hmm. So um, I've linked up with them, but I have yet to try again. So So um, one of the things that jumps out to me is, and you've mentioned this, that you really had no community. And I think maybe that's a little bit a different experience that you had, Kim, and maybe that's why she spent a year trying to pull you in just because I think having a community of survivors yeah. one is it's just other people's experiences where they go oh that happened to me this is what I did mm-hmm. or I also think that there are so many things that you do qualify for mm-hmm. that you could if someone had told you you could have put into place to make sort of that school reentry or work reentry a little bit easier and so know that we are a resource here for you so if you have a question or something comes up just because we're not your official team you know not yet. people would be um <laughs> happy to to help you and especially academic reentry. there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. you could do um, that might make your life a little bit easier and there are certainly accommodations that you should qualify for and uh, the accommodations from like a testing uh, purpose I sort of learned what some of those were sort of at the end but but because I've had to do so much of it on my own like I don't it's a having to like explain everything to everybody and because some of those things those are the people who typically I know at least at George Mason and again nothing bad about George Mason but when I first spoke to the people at George Mason about disability as I was it's one of the reasons why I decided to leave there was I didn't really get a warm fuzzy. Yeah, and it was it wasn't negative and it wasn't unsupportive, but it was I was able to sit there and watch other people who were in there with disabilities, and there was a lot of and maybe it's just my impression, but my impression was I didn't look disabled enough, and they were like your all the things that and again it's probably just my but it's where I realized I started to worry that I was beginning to get jaded about assistance you know where I was like you know do I have to prove to you that I need it and I guess in some ways you kind of have to show that you do but I didn't like the you turn in the paperwork and then you know they're like well we're going to come in and vet everything and I was like why do you call it vetting you know (laughs) and they were just like why wouldn't we want to vet and I was like do people actually come in and try and fake it and they were like well yeah and I was like okay well that's not me but so there was that moment of like being queried or you're judged you're feeling you're being you know like i'm finally i'm finally asking for help (laughs) right and then this is the response that i'm getting like feeling like you're not broke enough is is a weird feeling to have and i am happy to not be that bad but my son says oh you're you're just the guy who's bent you're not broken so uh, what do you wish you had known at the beginning of your personal slow road to better? I think the number one thing that I 
wish I had known, I feel lucky to have known was the be positive thing. Um, but I yes. uh, wish I had known was that literally do not have to do it on your own. That was, and then once I had gone so far on my own, I even with a close friend recommending something that I went and looked at and very positive about, uh, you know, you guys have a good online presence. Uh, so, but I was still hesitant to even entertain the idea just because I had not necessarily had positive experiences with, you know, with people, you know, saying like, oh, you don't really need this or you don't really, it was people telling me what I didn't need. And when I, because I didn't, I wasn't asking for something specific. I was just asking for help. Um, and it's hard to know, I think sometimes what you need. Like, yeah. how do you know what you need? If I knew, I wouldn't be <laughs> yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, well, if I, yeah. so it's a, it's that yeah. moment of, of just, I don't need a lot of help, but I do need a little help and I'm okay with that, but I don't want to jump up and down on somebody's desk for it. I won't, I won't do it. So that's where yeah. I split between that, where my wife is like, oh, you know, you've, you've, you are not. And there's not two groups, you know, it's not, uh, yes or no. It's not yes. us and them. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And although I didn't never have experienced it from other people who have, you know, been in the same area, people who've had head injuries or strokes or, you know, but there's moments where like I had to argue with a life insurance company when I got my first IT job because I didn't put down, like they wanted me to check that I had a psychological issue. And I was like, it, this is not a psychological issue. It's a neurological issue. And I, I like required a doctor's note. And I was, that's probably the only thing I've been furious about where I was like, where's your office? I would like to come there and, <laughs> and, and, and like uh, Google for you. Uh, while I'm on my way there, Google, you know, the difference between I'm the coming, two. I'm coming, look it up. Yeah. Um, so things like that are like proving, you know, like you, you, if you have a support group, I feel like I wouldn't have felt like I had to. Or I would have known how to handle those situations better. Because yeah. I'm usually just the person who will quietly just sort of walk away and disengage from it. That's just... Once in a while, yeah. just a squeak, <laughs> yep. and it, you will lose it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you always have to... It's the guy behind you in line who wants to know why you're not moving fast enough. And I would used to turn around and be like, hey here's what happened to me and they'd be like whoa and then i have a friend from i'm amazed that anybody gives you a hard time i mean like literally yeah. you could just blot out the sun right <laughs> right so like uh, how i'm not giving you a hard time how tall is the guy behind you has to be behind you whoever yeah. that is not so smart yeah, yeah it's uh my friend from high school who's a speech pathologist um i'd talked to him and he had said He's like, you don't have to explain your story. That's correct. You just need to turn around and find simple little phrases to say, like, hey, my mind doesn't work as quick as it used to. I just need an extra minute to just make sure this is all right. And you turn around, and you don't speak to him again. And that way, you're intact as you want to be as a person, and what you're trying to respond mm -hmm. polite and nice, even though they're not. Um, and you also deal with the situation, and, and that usually works. And when it doesn't, I just ignore them. Everybody has a filter, like a mm -hmm. like a cigarette filter, and and it doesn't get cleaned out very often. But once it fills up, it's full, yep. and it doesn't do its job. So when you don't do anything to you know sort of clean it out on your own, that builds up and builds up. So by the time, and it could be something totally little that happens, yep. and then when it does, then you I, because I don't vent 
very often a lot when I do, and it's not extreme, but it's usually surprising to people. And right. I, you mm -hmm. know, because I just don't do it. But that's because I'm not, I'm not. Mellow. I'm not speaking of all the other parts too, which mm -hmm. is, um, I've had to learn t <laughs> to do that. And my wife is, she'll encourage me. She'll be like, hey, what's frustrating you? So, right. Um, um, well, your wife. Your, I bet your wife knows what the mad is for you so your face or whatever it is she sees it bef while i'm beginning to feel it right well, you're so right exactly she sees she's, it too she's able to cut it off so. well she sounds uh, awesome yeah. Yes. yeah she is and um Fantastic. i commend her f and your son and really your whole village it sounds like you despite the fact that you didn't have a medical community perhaps behind you that you should have had, um, it does sound like you had some really just awesome humans who managed to do the right things and point you as much as they could in the right direction, including Kim. Yeah. Um, she's, we think she's pretty awesome. We think she's she a is. keeper. <laughs> and to know that really head injury is one of those invisible disabilities. It's not the feelings that you have that's not uncommon. People um, complain about that a lot to the point that some people carry a cane mm -hmm. just for the fact that they have a physical presence because people oh. are automatically nicer. They give you more space. They yep. give you more time oh. by just having something, a cane. Right. Something physical. So anyway, with that, I so appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. your story. Thank you so much. Um, and your own personal slow road to better. I know that you're still on it, and I know that every day you're still chugging along and things are getting better it's a good um, thing it is a good thing <laughs> all right so with that we're going to wrap it up on this episode of the slow road, road, road to better. better our lawyers made us say this disclaimers what about disclaimers your opinion the group opinion is not valid well it is but it's valid not. but i'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? Um, they. They. Their doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen. <laughs>